Welcome to Build Beyond Bricks, the Western Sydney Community Forum podcast. A place to learn, share, connect and explore using analysis and insights to lead and shape the future of communities. Hello, and welcome to our platform, which is all about building communities. My name is Nadiana Albister, and I'm from the team here at Western Sydney Community Forum. I'll be your host for today's conversation. I'm joining you today from the wonderful Darug land, which to be honest, I've been looking out of the window. It's cloudy, it's miserable, but it is still such a beautiful land that we're living on. Um, and I would truly like to pay my respects to um, the elders of these lands and not just the current ones, but also the past and the emerging elders of the Darug lands. So today's episode is part of the International Women's Day recognition here at Western Sydney Community Forum. We'll be unpacking a number of things throughout the conversations today, and this will be part of understanding some of the challenges of being a woman in perhaps some male-driven industries, being a woman in everyday life, because there are challenges in that. But also, what are some of the great perks that come through that experience that we have? In these sessions here and through these podcasts, if you haven't joined us before, this is where we get to share our ideas, our thoughts, tools and experiences so we can actually support each other in servicing local communities across all of Western Sydney. In today's session, we are so glad and so pleased to have our guest, Mina Zaki, who is here from National Partnership, she's a National Partnerships Manager, sorry, at Williama Service. So welcome, Mina. So great to have you. Thanks, Nadiana. Lovely to be with you today. Awesome. So I just mentioned that you're here and you repre- you're representing Williama Services. Can you give us a little bit of an introduction as to what this organization is all about um, and what that may be? Yes, of course. Um, so I am the uh, National Partnerships Manager for Williama Services, which are who are the an Indigenous ICT provider. They are the only veteran-owned and Indigenous-owned cybersecurity company in Australia. They do some incredible work right now. Uh, they were formed in New South Wales. The founder was actually born in Broken Hill which is where we get our name from, Williama. That's the traditional name for, uh, the traditional Aboriginal name for Broken Hill. Most of our, sorry, and the company was registered in regional New South Wales. So we are very much uh, a New South Wales birthed company, but our head, headquarters are in, uh, in Canberra. And my role is to help Williama expand nationally, as I said, And part of doing that involves understanding what services we provide, streamlining those services to suit the needs of the new markets that we would like to enter. As much as I'd like to claim that I have a technical background, that is not the case. (laughs) Uh, My background is actually in communications, law and politics. And so it's got nothing to do with the tech side of of anything, really. Uh, You mentioned one thing at the beginning there um, about ICT provider. Now, for some of us, including myself, who may not have any idea as to what some of this jargon is in this world that you're a part of, can you break that down and just let us know what that actually is and what some of the services that William actually provide are? Yeah, so the meaning of ICT is basically, you know, information technology. Williama provides a whole host of a range of services, but my focus is cybersecurity. And in cybersecurity, we do everything from business uplift, uh, you know, with the Essential 8 and 
most people will not understand what essential eight means. Essential eight is effectively the eight recommendations by the Australian government, which provide businesses with the right kind of security or or keeping their systems and their businesses safe and secure from any kind of uh, malicious cyber activity. So that's, you know, whether it's ransomware, whether it's a hacking or any kind of cybersecurity problem that you might come across, the essential eight essentially covers you. Now, it's important to note that not all mum and dad owned businesses or other smaller entities need to have all the essential eight covered. It's actually the very top four, the first four uh, that are absolutely crucial. And ideally, that's what Uliyama does uh, provides. That's the service that they provide to uh, companies and to government as well, uh, where we make sure that their systems, their businesses are compliant with that top four of the essential eight. Yeah, that's just part of what we do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bamboozle anybody with, with the rest of it, but that's probably uh, the most appropriate um, for our audiences in the sense that we all have to be very aware of our cybersecurity posture and how secure our businesses and our systems are out there in cyberspace. That's so true now in this day and age that we're living in, working remotely, all of services being remote as well, um, needing to be secure and understanding the risks that come with working from a remote, remote workspace. Um, so that's brilliant. That's great that there's so many services such as Williama out there trying to support organisations and companies in this space. So how did you get into cybersecurity coming from a such a diverse background of communications and what made you go into this um, field, I suppose? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And I get often, I get that question um, posed to me often. Uh, so the way I came into cybersecurity was actually through my communication skills. I started working for an organization, which was, uh, you know, it, it was also a cybersecurity company who needed me to help them communicate their message better. Uh, so my job was essentially to translate tech speak into normal layperson speak. I used to call myself translator of tech speak. Uh, and now I, I fear that I'm, I'm starting to fall into that trap and I'm starting to speak tech speak. And, and you know, so I'm, I, I try not to, but I, I, that is one of my fears. So I became the communications manager for uh, an organization that was a cybersecurity company and I quite literally had to learn. I had a, I had a dictionary um, on my computer that I created for myself that was a translation of all the terms that I came across for the first time. So, for example, IaaS, I was like, and SaaS, I was like, what are these things, right? And so I had to look up in the world of technology, they tend to speak in acronyms. And when you when you enter the industry at the beginning, it's very difficult to get your head around what they're talking about. So I had this dictionary on my desk, uh, sorry, on my desktop, which had all of these uh, terms. So SaaS, SaaS is software as a service. And, <laughs> I was wondering what on <laughs> earth that was. I'm like, is she going to tell me or not? <laughs> yeah. And, and IaaS is infrastructure as a service. Um, and then there's, you know, platform as a service, which is PaaS, and there's lots and lots of others. But basically, I had this dictionary to help me understand all of these things. And so I entered from a communications perspective because the guy that hired me 
knew that he needed somebody who could understand or take in the tech speak, translate it into normal speak, and then regurgitate our company's message to the masses that way. And this was prior to the pandemic. That, I believe, helped them because then the pandemic hit. Mm. Prior to the pandemic, no one was really taking cybersecurity seriously. After the pandemic, it became everybody's problem. So for our industry, our job kind of became easier because we didn't have to uh, drum it into people that this is important. But we do still have a lot of catching up to do and the safety of everybody is, um, I don't mean this mean to be an alarmist, the, uh, it, it's, it's such a um, difficult balance to achieve because at the same time as I don't want to be an alarmist, I cannot stress enough how important cybersecurity is for every single individual uh, and also cyber safety. And there is a difference. So cyber safety is, you know, your interactions online, uh, it involves, you know, things like bullying online, your use of social media, etc. And cybersecurity is the security of your actual computer and preventing that from being hacked and preventing that from being compromised in any way. So that's the difference between cyber safety and cyber security. Uh, now, going back to your questions, how, how did I get into it? That's how I got into it. I'm currently completing my master's in law at the Australian National University um, and my focus is international law. And a subject came up that was... Um, uh, cyber warfare law. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So I enrolled and um, it was a game changer for me. It completely broke open my sense of urgency for this this uh, this field or this sector. Uh, and so immediately I was like, right, what can I do to help in this industry? And before you know it, you know, I I was quite deeply entrenched into into the sector and, and speaking to the right people and whatnot. It just goes to show that if you have an interest in uh, in the sector, there is a lot of room for you and uh, there are a lot of people who will help you indulge that interest. Uh, so if anyone does have an interest, you know, uh, by all means they can contact me on LinkedIn or th there's so much to read out there and it's really interesting. It's actually... Uh, it's actually quite fun. Uh, you know, cybersecurity sounds like it's boring, but it's really not. And it just goes to show that you don't have to be a tech person uh, and, and have all these degrees in technology and, you know, any kind of IT, et cetera, to get into this industry. In fact, the industry needs people from a diverse from diverse backgrounds. And I don't mean just, you know, uh, culturally diverse backgrounds, I mean professionally diverse backgrounds. Yeah. So say, for example, somebody working in retail, they the skills that they bring to this industry, those people's skills that they have been taught in their retail training are just absolutely invaluable in this industry. And at the same time, there's mothers returning to work, for example. Mothers returning to work understand the, the need for cybersecurity and cyber safety more than many other people because, you know, they, they get that their children could potentially be on the other end of that, um, that attack or that uh, safety issue. Uh, and so it is an industry that, uh, that welcomes and that um, celebrates diversity from from all the backgrounds now in saying all of that there are still some barriers and uh those barriers 
I've had to face. Um, you know, coming from a non-technical background has bitten me a, a, a few times, but that's okay. It's just, you know, one door closes, another one opens. You've just got to keep going. If you're passionate about it, you've just got to keep going. There are so many online courses that people can do to gain an understanding of it. And um, at the same time, there is a change in attitude happening in the industry. So there is going to be more room and more space for people that don't come from a technical background because let's be honest, we have a skills shortage when it comes to cybersecurity. And so uh, in, order to, in order to fill that skills gap, we have to look beyond the ordinary typecasting of candidates. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned that skills shortage because that's something that um, has, like, it's quite obvious, especially with the expansion of this industry um, and the rapid expansion of the industry, just the requirement of the labour force. Um, and I guess you mentioned something just um, a second ago uh, about some of the challenges that you face coming from a different um, professional background. Um, I'm interested, you are a woman working in a very male-dominated industry. Have there been any challenges that you faced or maybe continue to face um, in that space um, by wearing that hat in this industry? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, there are challenges. <laughs> and look, as much as uh, I can say that we're working through them, these challenges aren't necessarily uh, malicious challenges. There are challenges and we're looking at ways to get through the challenges and learn from them. Challenges are for learning. So it's just some of the things that I've gone through. Cybersecurity, there's generally, especially if you start your career in, in Canberra, uh, there is generally this requirement to work with defence and, and, you know, the defence industry. And one thing I love and hate about the defence industry is that they don't see gender as an issue. You kind of, everyone, everyone is this equal uh, on this equal platform so to speak and you kind of um you get treated like a soldier you know and so nobody tends to see that you're a woman and the other person is a man so i can give you an example uh, actually i can give you lots of examples but I'll, I'll give you one when i first entered the industry i i noticed that there weren't as many women around the office as i'd hoped uh, not that that was an issue, but I don't know. It was it, I was pretty much the only female in some meetings, and uh, it was quite interesting in the sense that people would, well, so my ma male colleagues would treat me very cautiously. Mm -hmm. And while it was, oh, mate, let's grab a beer with you know a guy. For me, it was you know a very dainty handshake and lovely to meet you. You know, um, <laughs> very prim and proper by the sounds of it. <laughs> very prim and proper. They were so, you know, they were so worried about potentially harming me in some way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just wanted to be treated like one of the guys. But then on the other side of that spectrum, you know, I was expected to attend a, a, a company offsite, which was five guys and me. Uh, in a, a house living together for three days. And I was just like, you know, as much as I love you guys, don't quite feel comfortable doing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it was just a complete, you know, blind spot. Uh, and that's where the whole defence kind of doesn't see gender type mentality then comes into it. So mm. you get the one extreme of, 
oh, hello, little miss, and then you get the other extreme of, oh, you're a soldier, just get on with it. Yeah. Right? So so there, there are those two comparisons. And, uh, of course, when I worked for um, another organisation, I um, it was a very female-dominated organisation. Oh, okay. And there we actually had to look at hiring yeah, we had to look at hiring more males because um, we just didn't have any. Well, we did, we did have a few, but we, it wasn't enough. There was no balance. There wasn't that balance um, that's required, yeah. And, yeah, so so there wasn't the balance. I mean, I suppose, uh, interesting story, I, I wasn't chosen for the role that I had applied for. It was actually offered to a male who applied for it um, at the same time as I did. And the reason it was offered to him was positive discrimination in that they didn't have enough men in the organization and so they decided to go with the guy and and he turned around and said I um uh, I want more money <laughs> uh and then I came in and I was like I'm happy with the pay I did take a five thousand dollar pay cut but the role was rewarding and impactful and that's what I look for in in jobs um so you know that that highlights a bit of the difference between you know the male mentality and the female mentality Etc. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some of the challenges yeah. that I've come across. But look, there's there are there are organisations that are trying to support women, especially in the security industry. And I'd love to tell your listeners about some of them. Tell um, me, tell me, because I think favorite. that's absolutely something that we need to hear about. And yes, there's challenges and barriers, but what's being done to support women in this? And it's not just in the cyber um, security, cyber safety or the IT industry. Um, it's in a number of industries where you see in the construction industry, that there's a lot of work being done for women in the construction in- industry and even in the engineering. So tell me, in your space, what's being done, um, I guess, in some of that allyship um of what's happening who who are the supporters who are the allies um and can you give us some examples for that absolutely so um first off there is a uh, a podcast that's called women in cyber which was which is actually run by one of my former colleagues louisa partridge so that's one avenue that if there are women interested in cybersecurity, they can listen to that podcast. There is also the Australian Women's Women in Security Network, AWSN. So it's the Australian Women in Security Network. They are absolutely amazing. They've actually got these excellent programs which they have uh, partnered with lots and uh, lots and lots of corporations and also government bodies like for example the oh sorry australian department of defense um and what they do is they provide like courses and uh seminars and you name it they do events they do networking events and they just provide amazing opportunities for women not just women who want to enter the industry, but also women who are in the industry who want to take that next step. So to support them in uh, gaining leadership roles to uh, better their, say, technical understanding or experience or, you know, education. And also, you know, they, they, they even do things like um, provide support to women who want to um, better their presentation skills and mm-hmm. public uh, speaking skills, you name it. They, they just, there is... They are amazing. They also have an awards night, which I attended uh, last year. It was one of the only events that we attended in person last year. And, of course, the next day we notifications. It was fantastic. And, and the one thing that stuck out for me that night was just the sheer number of nominations 
for the male ally category. Yeah. It was fantastic to see. My own my own husband was nominated. I had nominated one of my colleagues. Um, and so the, the list was so long. It was it was fantastic. And you know, coming to that your question about allyship, I think what is most important in uh, when we're talking about you know International Women's Day and um, in industries where women aren't necessarily at that fifty fifty ratio right now is just that that aspect of allyship. What is being done in that area? to help women or empower women, I should say, I don't like using the word help, to empower women to take that next step and to uh, engage them in a more meaningful manner. And so, for example, you know, that night I was just shocked as, uh, to see that list of how many names were, were uh, in the male category, in the male um, ally category, uh, and the person that I nominated actually won it. So it was wow. fantastic to see wow. that because he's amazing. And then on top of that, when we talk about allyship, it's, it is about empowering. It is about, you know, letting our male colleagues in to our space and, and help holding their hand almost and, and showing them. Like, for example, when I was telling you about the uh, challenge where I was expected to go into a house, mm. uh, all I had to say was oh, I just had to speak up and say, hey, guys, I know you guys love this idea, but uh, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And immediately, you know, to some of them, it was just like, yeah, okay, that makes absolute sense. The whole thing was changed for me. It is about, you know, bringing people on the journey with Mm. you and helping them understand some of the challenges that you're facing or some of the issues that may be making you feel uncomfortable. Our male allies don't necessarily, well, they, they they can't see what they can't see. We can't expect them to be Nostradamus. And so it's it's always great to speak up and uh, and help them understand. It's on all of us. It, yes, it's on our on our male colleagues to empower and uh, assist women in in bettering their skills and getting those opportunities. Uh, but it is also on us to make sure that we can speak out. And we can reach out to them. Um, I'll be honest with you. Most men that I have contacted for either mentorship or any kind of, you know, thing like that, they've just been incredibly supportive. Like I Mm. cannot mention to you how supportive they've been. But I have to say it hasn't been the case on the other end of the spectrum. Most of the women I've contacted for, you know, mentorship or assistance or whatever you want to call it haven't been responsive. And so, you know, so we've got to we've got to be able to call out those realities as yeah, well. Absolutely. And we've got to be able to congratulate the men that do empower, congratulate men that are allies and do listen and pay attention to what's going on because at the end of the day it's for the betterment of our entire world, not just our industry. Absolutely. And Mina, that is such a nice way to wrap us up because you've just put such a nice big bow on all of it and just being able to see each of us for who we are and being able to support and I guess celebrate those wins um, whether you're a man or a woman or you don't identify as any of those genders um, being supportive of each other as 
a person within the society of this world. Uh, I think that's absolutely such a key take-home message, um, whether it's talking about International Women's Day or cybersecurity or retail or whatever it is that we're talking about. That's absolutely something that um, it's vital to have in mind. Well, Mina, thank you so much. Thank you so much for providing such great insights into all of your experiences, um, well, some of your experiences, really, um, and just your 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 understanding and your journey through um, this time and this life that you're living. So thank you, Mina, for joining us. Really appreciate it. You're so welcome. It was a hoot. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, on that note, um, you can check out the podcast notes um, to see how to reach out to Mina. She's already mentioned to reach out on LinkedIn if you want to have a chat with her. Uh, but really, thank you. Thank you to each of you for joining us. Uh, please do get in touch with your thoughts and questions at any time. For the time being, stay well, speak again soon, and goodbye for now. All the best for International Women's Day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Build Beyond Bricks by Western Sydney Community Forum, the region's social development council, providing programs, services, analysis and insights. To learn more, visit us at wscf.org.au.